Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. In the rest of the world where you have Christian radio, TV, and ministry available, guess where it's mostly coming from? Right here. Right here. No nation that's ever existed has put the gospel of Jesus Christ out more than the United States of America. None. But now we're in a situation where you got Africans trying to come here as missionaries. Say, because Americans now need to be saved too. I'm serious. No, no, seriously. There are people who are actually coming to our country as missionaries saying, we got to get the gospel out to these Americans before they go bad. I mean, before it just, go, it just all goes to hell. And in our history, it's always been us. Have we done that perfectly? Of course not. We haven't because we, we're talking about human beings and human institutions. But I'll tell you one thing. You look around the world where the gospel has penetrated, and this is the place normally from which it came. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, open a door for us right here in these communities where people are caught up in, in, in politics and ideology that is against God. Amen? Amen. Black Lives Matter, Patrice Culler says, we are trained Marxists. Now, for every Christian, I'll be, click, that's the end of that. I'm not following Marxists. You know, this guy, Raphael Warnock, said, and I'm sure Christians must have heard it, said, yes, I do believe that Marxism helps mature the theology of the black church. That's practically a quote. Click. Well, he won't get my vote. Because anytime you're going to tell me that an atheist who is responsible ideologically for the deaths of 100 million people around the world by totalitarian communist regimes, and that he's going to tell you that that's what he wants to help mature the theology of any church, I'm done. I'm done. And by the way, Marxism has persecuted Christians more than any other group. Long before the Chinese started being known around the world for their persecution of Uyghurs, who are Muslims, they've been locking up, torturing, and murdering Christians for years. You know, vote for people who agree with that or, or, or side with that. And by the way, they are the, the, the Chinese Communist Party runs China. I'm not speaking against the Chinese people. A lot of them are in bondage to that mess. A lot of the Christians have to worship underground so that they don't get arrested and killed by the communist Chinese regime. So I'm not talking about, see, they, see here again, the left wants to make this racial. Oh, no, you, well, well, see, you, you're racist. You're talking about the Chinese. I'm talking about communism. I don't care what color it comes in. It's wrong no matter who perpetrates it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. And then, and then here's the third thing. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4 says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. We need to pray, God, help us to get the blinders off people's eyes. And part of that is to bind Satan. Satan, in the name of Jesus, get your blinders off the eyes of my loved ones. Get the blinders off the eyes of our fellow countrymen. Get the blinders off the eyes of my children. Take your hands off of them in the name of Jesus. Because the word of God makes clear that the reason why people can't see is Satan's got his nasty hand over their eyes to keep them from seeing the truth. You know, Jesus said he is a deceiver. That's his stock in trade. 
Jesus said he's the father of the lie. In other words, the only thing that Satan, Satan never invented is a lie. He's, that, he's not invented anything else, but he invented the lie. The lie was unheard of until he started telling them. And I said, you know, you've got to be some kind of liar to go and convince the angels in heaven that they'd be better off to rebel against God. And when Jesus said he's the father of the lie, you've you got to be some kind of liar. He took all that gifting that God gave him and turned it on God and on himself and went around heaven trying to raise up an insurrection against Almighty God. And then here again, another icon of the left Saul Alinsky, a book that was studied by Hillary Clinton and by Barack Obama. The preface of the book, and I'm not making it up, saints. Go look it up for yourselves. The preface of the book is dedicated to Lucifer. How, how do we Christians keep overlooking this stuff? Anybody who's going to write a book and dedicate it to Lucifer is of the devil. You know, he, the justification was Lucifer, the first revolutionary. Yep. It's in there. You go check it out. And you know, you, then people claim to be Christians and read that stuff, you know, but that's okay because he's got so much good organizational stuff in here. We, Lord, Lord, help us to get the blinders off people's eyes so they can see clearly. And Father God, and see, Satan uses a number of things. I think... In the black community, he uses race. Because you can scare people over here to believe the racists are out to get you. The racists are out to get you. And then somebody says, yeah, but those people who claim to be trying to help you, they're killing your babies to the tune of 40% of the aborted babies, and we're only 13% of the population. They're killing 40% of the black babies that are to be born. You say, yeah, I don't like that, but they're out to get me, and I can't... I, I can't vote for them. I, I, these folks are going to help the people, who, at least who do live. Well, wait a minute. If you don't care about the life of an unborn child, you mean to tell me you really care about the life of a live one? Well, no, that's a lie too. Because you don't. Either, and what they say is, yeah, but you people who are pro-life, you only care about the lives of unborn people. You don't care about the lives of people once they're born. Well, you know, you just want to slap somebody when they say something stupid like that. Because obviously, you, you care about people who are born. Amen? In fact, you know, this is what the Lord laid on my heart. You just think about this for a second. Some of you may have been born to stable, happy homes. I was not. I was born into a broken home, raised in foster care for the first 10 years of my life. Some of you may have been born into unstable situations. But think about this for just a moment. Whatever your life may have been, whatever problems you might have had, what if I were to say to you, we can turn back the hands of time and kill you in your mother's womb. There's not a single one of us, including me, who would say, unless a person just mentally ill would say, yeah, I'd rather that. Because you know what? Whatever circumstances we were born into, we've experienced hardships and sorrow and sadness, but we've also experienced the joy of life. We've experienced the, the ability to, to seek our God-given potential and to and, and to pursue things that are good. We, I mean, there's not a single one of us who hasn't made some mistakes, but we've also done some good things in life. And we, we've, we've experienced some fulfillment in life. Amen? 
We would not want to go back and turn back the hands of time and say, yeah, it would be better. I mean, my, my time in foster care was, was it, it was rough in some ways. I mean, not, not in every way. But, but I almost ended up being a statistic if my father had not stepped in. And so when I say, yeah, you know what, it would have been better if, I just, if my mother just got rid of me before I was born. No way. No way, because with whatever problems I've had, I've also experienced the joys of life. So how arrogant is it to say, but this child doesn't deserve to live? Because they're going to come into a hard situation. We wouldn't say that of ourselves. But yet some people have, are convincing even Christians that somehow it's okay for you to say, say that about another child. And God, the Bible says, God told Jeremiah, before I formed you, in, I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you. Psalm 139, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and, and we're going to step in front of God and say, yeah, 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 I, I, I hear all that, Lord, but this one's not good. So we're going to get rid of this one. You know, people are going to be shocked when some of these, when they have to face these babies that they killed. They're going to be shocked. Well, how could that be? Do you think, look, if God had a plan for these babies before the foundation of the world, you think that Satan stepping in and aborting that child could end that child's life? Doesn't work like that. No, that, that child continues to live in heaven. Because that child's committed no sin, done nothing to anybody. Amen? And some of these folks who sold their lives out to this wickedness, even some who claim to be Christians, who made their lives aborting babies are going to find themselves confronted by the very babies they killed. Come on now. Praise God. Praise God. And look, I have more understanding for unsaved people who buy into that because they don't know any better. And it's still wrong. It's just as much a sin. But I have at least more understanding because we've heard stories and I've met people who, were, who got convicted by God. A one, one woman who was a, a, an official in Planned Parenthood said she saw a sonogram, saw the baby, and, 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 and it, it shook her. It shook her to the core. And it took her a little while, but she couldn't get away from it. And God used that situation to open her heart and let her know she was committing a terrible sin. And she went in one day and just said, I can't do this anymore, and quit. And became an advocate against abortion. And of course, you know what they did to her, these loving abortionists. Oh, they turned on her. Oh, yeah, she's a monster. She's a liar. And now she's out here advocating to save the lives of these unborn children because God convicted her heart. Amen. Amen. So, so we don't hate these folks. We just know that they need to wake up. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. But a Christian supporting this mess, you need to be, <laughs> you need to come, you need to come up. It's. You really do. Because look, I said one of two things is true, or maybe three. One is you just flat out just don't know God, you're lying. I'm a Christian. No, you're not. Because if you're a Christian and you know that God has a plan for every single one of us and has a plan for that unborn child, you wouldn't dare be arrogant enough to step in and say, yeah, but I'm going to end it because I know better in this case. And the word does say that he has a plan, for every single person. So you, you, you flat, just flat out don't know God. Or number two, you're just like Ahab. 
You're just so weak-kneed and so lily-livered that you just go along in order to be accepted. Claim and you, you know, and maybe you have been born again, but your conscience is now seared by a hot iron, and you just go along with stuff because, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. And the third thing is, I say, you know, you, you're just flat out lying. And the third thing is, you might think you're a Christian. You might really sincerely believe you are. But you're really not. Amen. You know, there are people who are self-deceived. Jesus said there are people who come before him and say, now, wait a minute, Lord, we did many, I did many mighty works in your name. And Jesus said, I said, depart from me. I don't know you. Never knew you. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. You never knew me? Me? Wait a minute, I'm the one who organized the rummage sale. I'm, I, I'm the one who gave that gift to the pastor. You never knew me? You said, nope, sure didn't. See you. Done. There are people, I believe, who think they're Christians because they go to church or, or because they read the Bible. And look, saints, reading the Bible doesn't make you a Christian. The devil reads the Bible. He has to. He quoted it to Jesus. Amen. He quoted it to him. Well, you know, you know the word says, and Jesus said, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let me wrap up. So, so, so we've got to, to ask God to give people a receptivity. Get the blindness off their eyes. Amen. Help us to proclaim the word with boldness and, 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 and ask God to just give us a Holy Ghost boldness that just doesn't compromise. And, and look, saints, let me tell you something. There will be no better thing to ever happen to you. Now listen to me closely. No better thing to happen to you than to have somebody talk about you like a dog because of your stand for the gospel. One of the best things that ever happened. Yeah, I know him. He's the one talking about Jesus and, and God is, yeah. you ought to say, praise God. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> you know, because I'm going to be very honest, saints. They, I, there's not a week, pretty much not a week that passes by that somebody on the internet is not talking about nasty, nasty about me. And you know what? I, I laugh. Because I just think, boy, I must be saying something good. I told you all, look, I said, I, I quoted from was 1 Corinthians 9, 6 that says, um, you know, certain people will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And it in that list, you know, thieves and murderers and homosexuals and, and adulterers and so on and so forth. Meaning those people who proclaim that as their identity, they're not going into the kingdom of God because it then goes on to say, and such were some of you. But you were sanctified. You were justified. You were, you, you know, you've been cleansed in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I said, so, so yes, that's right. Somebody whose identity, they identify themselves as a homosexual. They are not going to heaven. The friendly atheist got mad. He said, who does he think he is telling people that they're not going to go to heaven? And I said, well, what do you care? You don't believe in God or heaven. But apparently they didn't like that, which tells me somewhere in their heart, they're a little worried. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, look, I, but you, and you know what? That's fun. Because then I get a chance to tell them, but you know what? God loves you and you can, you can go to heaven. All you got to do is repent 
and let God have it. Amen? Amen. 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 So listen, look, Elijah prophesied fire, right? He, when he challenged the children of, of, of the, 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 the servants of Baal, the prophets of Baal, he said to them, now, um, let the God who answers by fire be God. He was prophesying fire. And saints, when the time came, that, that, that sacrifice was just drenched with water. And he said, you know, Lord, show them that I represent you. And a fire fell and licked up everything on the altar. Now, saints, hear me well in this. We don't need God to pour the fire out of heaven anymore because the Holy Spirit did that on the day of Pentecost. You know what we need? We need God to cause the fire to pour out of us. See, because the fire of God is on the inside of you. But we are, we are often drenching the fire and quenching the fire. The Bible says quench not the Holy Spirit, quenching the fire by not letting God use us the way he wants to. See, I believe this country is prime for revival and awakening. And what it's going to take is for Christians to just decide, that's it, that's all, I'm not taking it anymore. I am going to speak up. You know, I hear ministers trying to, the things that you hear me talk about explicitly, I hear ministers trying to kind of skirt the issue, and, you know, trying to bob and weave and, and do a little tap dance because they don't want to actually come out and say, abortions are sin in the sight of God. I don't want to cut out and say, those of you who are trafficking in and justifying this transgenderism and homosexuality, you're wrong and you need to speak up against it. Love the people who are caught up in it, but don't mince words about the fact that it's wrong. Because they're afraid they might lose some members. Or Christians are afraid they might lose some friends. It's time to stop that mess. It's time to let the fire of God pour out of you. Because look, you are not on your own. You are anointed by Almighty God. But what good is the anointing if you're not speaking any yoke-destroying, burden-removing power out of your mouth? If you're busy compromising every chance you get, trying to avoid saying anything that might upset anybody. But when the fire begins to pour out of the body of Christ and we begin to speak and look, like Jesus spoke, I said, you know, Jesus told those scribes and Pharisees, you are like your father, the devil, and the deeds of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and the truth is not in him. Wow. You know, today, he'd be quick off, kicked off Twitter. <laughs> Amen. Facebook, too. They said, no, we banned Jesus because, you know, <laughs> Jesus violated our rules. Says that's how the fire of God is going to come. We just step out there and just take a stand for Almighty God. And let me tell you something. I was at Andrew Womack Ministries, and, and I wasn't there as a main speaker, but because he and I are friends, he, he brought me up on stage. And I told him, I said, I believe that there is going to be a third great awakening in this country, that God is going to do it. And, and you, I said, it's not a matter of if or whether. It's only a matter of when. And he, stood, he came up before I, I sat down. He came up and said, you know what, E.W., the Lord said the same thing to me. Said this, he said Just in the last week or so, he said, because I used to think, well, you know, we don't really know how things are going to work out. We know what the body of Christ is supposed to do. but we don't. He said, but the Lord spoke to me at this meeting and said, I am going to give you that third great awakening. And so the two of us were agreeing and people in the, in the audience just, just shouted over it because, saints, I know what the Lord has told me. I know what the Lord has told me. Amen. 
it's time for us to prophesy the fire. It's time for the fire to come pouring out of us. Amen. It's time for the world to say, man, those Christians are on fire. Praise God. Hallelujah. As they say, it's time for you to just be on fire and let people watch you burn. Amen. Amen. Let the God who answers by fire be God. And that fire is down on the inside of us. And we saw, by the way, when Pentecost came, notice it came in like a rushing mighty wind by the Holy Spirit. But the physical, visual manifestation of it was cloven tongues of fire, divided tongues of fire. The Bible says that sat upon each one of them. You don't think that fire went away then, do you? Amen. It didn't go away. People just can't see it. But that fire is on the inside of you. What you got to do is stir those embers. Stir those embers. Amen. And let that fire start to move in you. Praise God. So that people begin to see it and feel it and hear it coming out of you. Amen. Amen. Because God is still in the fire business. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says that Jeremiah said it's like burning fire shut up in my bones. So I can't hold my peace. That fire's on the inside of every one of us. That's not just a word for a preacher. That's a word for any born-again, baptized believer who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ and is filled with the mighty spirit of God. Hallelujah. You don't have to do it like I do it. You don't have to have my style because each of us is different. But nevertheless, let God use you to bring a word to a lost and dying world. Amen. Don't, 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 don't. Listen, let the, that, that's, I, I believe that's how the awakening is going to come. Christians, and, and I don't know what it's going to take, but, but, but look, at some point, I think the body of Christ is going to say, whoa, 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 enough. Whoa. No, no, not a step further. Not a step further. I get calls all the time uh, on my radio program about the potential of violence. You know what I say? You ought to be as on fire with the word of God and the spirit of God and doing the things that you're supposed to do in the natural rather than thinking about violence. Amen. I, 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 don't, I don't even think that way. I don't even think that way. I don't want to think that way. I believe the power of God is greater than all the guns and the knives and the bombs in the world. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It says put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And look, the sword of the spirit is an offensive weapon, not defensive. Everything else is defensive, but the word of God is offensive. That means it cuts through. It'll cut through. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It'll cut to the dividing of soul and spirit, of joints and marrows. It'll discern the thoughts and intents of the heart, and there's nothing hidden from the Lord's sight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Speaking the fire, prophesying the fire, proclaiming the fire. The fire of God is in us. Let that fire come out. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. And then I, I love this. Uh, uh, Elijah prophesied the rain. You know what he told Ahab the first time? He said, get down. He said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. There wasn't a drop. There wasn't a drop anywhere. Do you hear what I hear? See, I hear the rain, saints. I hear the rain of God's refreshing coming to this nation. Because look, uh, 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 Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, the gifts and the calling of God are without revocation, without repentance. See, now, everybody might not agree with me on this, but I just don't believe that America is a political accident that just somehow happened. And that God looked up from his throne and said, wow, look at that country they've invented. That's pretty good. 
You, you, don't, you don't create the greatest nation on earth, the wealthiest nation on earth, the most militarily powerful nation on earth, the most influential nation on earth, and God has nothing to do with it. That, you, that doesn't happen. And if God gave us the United States of America, which is what he spoke to me shortly after I got saved, God said to me, son, America is my gift to you. And I expect you to be a steward of it. How many people in the body of Christ have heard that? You ought to hear that. Every one of you watching ought to hear that because that's God's word to us. I have, I have given America to you as a gift and you are the steward of it. You're the steward of it and how you vote. You're the steward of it and what you support and what you stand up for and what you do and what you, what you uh, support and what you oppose. You are the steward of this great gift I've given you. And, and you, don't, you don't get a gift from anybody and just throw it aside or kick it. And this is what some people are doing. Too dumb to realize you've been given more opportunity and more hope than any people anywhere on the earth have ever known. And you're going to kick the gift of God aside and act like it doesn't matter. Knowing that you, you, you run around on a football field with a, with a leather ball and make 10, 15, 20 million dollars a year. And knowing if you were born somewhere else or lived somewhere else, you might not be making 10 or 15 dollars a month. And got the nerve to scoff at God's gift. Because, because the way this gift has been used has not been perfect. But you're just as much a part of that imperfection as anybody else is. Amen. 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 But if the gifts and calling of God are without revocation, that means that what God has given us, he's not going to let the devil take away. Hallelujah. All we've got to do is take a stand. He told Jehoshaphat, uh, Ahaziah told Jehoshaphat, you don't need to fight the battle. Just take your stand in the field. See, if we will just take a stand, see, the battle is not ours, but the Lord's. I can't go into every nook and cranny of this nation and correct everything that's wrong. And I, I don't have the ability to do that. Neither do you, but God does. But here's what God wants us to do. Go take a stand on the battlefield. Amen. Make yourself felt. Make your voice heard. Make your impact known. And then watch God work in your behalf. You know, Moses, Moses was crying out to God. The Bible says Moses was crying out to God as the children of Israel got to the Red Sea and the people are crying and weeping and here come Pharaoh up on, I mean, he's on their trail and Moses is trying to talk to the people of God and the people of God are crying out and God says, stop crying out to me. Tell the people to go forward. There comes a time to stop crying and start moving. Hallelujah. We got, it, there comes a time to take that step out. And when you take that step, guess what God does? He then parts the Red Sea. Now notice, it didn't part, and, they, and God say, uh, this way, y'all, come this way. No, he said, tell the people to go forward, and as they stepped out, the Red Sea parted. Glory to God. What is it that you're waiting for God to do, and God is waiting on you to take the step? Hallelujah. I, I have never seen God give me any guidance and direction and show me everything that he's going to do along the way to get me where he wants me to go. God usually gives me a first step. Do this. And when I do it, boom, a door opens. I take that step and get another door opens. I take that step and another door opens. And God takes me where he wants me to go. Amen. But you don't see the whole thing. You're like the person standing at the top of a trail and you can see a little ways down, but you don't see the twists and the turns and the changes that you got to go through. But all you know is God said, go and I'll take you to your destination. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. We need to proclaim the word, saints. We need to proclaim the word to a lost and dying world. We need to prophesy the fire and we need to prophesy the rain. Amen. Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain and not a drop it falling. 